Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. The Advertising Show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, is being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com, The Advertising Show, a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. Well, what we have here is another encore show for you, and this is a good one, too. Adrian Ott is an author, uh, is also affiliated with Fast Company, and was our guest back in October uh, of last year. So we're happy to bring her back again for uh, this week's show on The Advertising Show. Let's listen and enjoy. Adrian is the CEO of Exponential Edge, is called one of the Silicon Valley's most respected, if not the most respected, strategist by consulting magazine, author of the, the brand new book. As a consultant, Adrian has worked with some of the most innovative Fortune 500 and startup companies in the world to gain a, a market edge in today's exponential economy. She writes a popular blog, and maybe you're part of that too, at Fast Company, and the uh, chairs the Strategy and Growth Roundtable for the Harvard Business School Association of Northern California. And uh, prior to uh, the founding of Exponential Edge, she was an executive at HP for 15 years and was recognized in an annual report for infusing HP with new revenue streams, new technologies, new business models, and new drapes in all offices here. She holds an MBA from Harvard and a BS from uh, UC Berkeley. So, Adrian, we're out of time. I'm so sorry. That's way too long of a bio, but that's it's right. a wonderful bio to read, and I've, we, even, we even like your book, too. Welcome to the Advertising Show. <laughs> Thank you, Brad and Ray. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, you know, as Ray just mentioned, and it is a wonderful book, and we were talking about that before we brought you on today, uh, Harper Business, a wonderful publisher out of New York, uh, great uh, selector of authors and did well in selecting you, I must say, Adrian. Uh, what inspired the, the book, Adrian? Well, as you know, we're all so busy these days. And what inspired me was just how busy I was, uh, I, I am, and how busy everybody else around me seemed to be. And one of the things I realized is that even though there's a lot of information out there about personal time management, there really wasn't much information about what businesses should do differently and how they can address the fact that customers today are so time-starved and overwhelmed with information. And so that's what led me down the path to research the 24-hour customer is to is to really understand not just we know that they are busy, but what should businesses do and how can they capitalize on this? Yeah, and uh, you quote in your book, companies that understand the value of time are capturing new product and service opportunities in previously undefined market categories. I think that's a rather bold statement. Uh, so uh, give us some examples of, of some of these new product and service opportunities and, and how is it that they just became defined more recently? Well, many of these opportunities are reaching new customer segments and new market opportunities because they're changing the boundaries of time and are addressing what I call time adjacencies as opposed to product or market adjacencies. And let me give you a quick example of that. Take Zipcar, which times uh, timeshares the automobile. Mm -hmm. Now, what they did is by timesharing the automobile – by enabling people to buy into a pool and use the car when they need it as opposed to owning a car 
outright, they were able to extend into new customer segments such as urban dwellers and college students who didn't need a car all the time and, and enabled them to effectively take advantage of their service. You know, uh, I've been reading. I've been reading about that, and I thought that was an outstanding idea. And what really threw me when I was reading the intro of your book, uh, you know, you didn't expect someone that was talking about uh, the twenty-four hour customer to say, "Today, time isn't money." And then you read a little further, and you say, uh, in your book, "Time is more important than money, and certainly yeah. more independent." I'm sorry, more important, I should say, than brand recognition, product features authenticity, etc. Now, I don't know. I, I might agree with you on product features and authenticity, but can time be more important than brand recognition? Well, brand recognition is definitely important, and I, I was being a little bit provocative when mm-hmm. I said that, mm-hmm. but uh, what I'm really trying to address here is the fact that time tends to be overlooked mm-hmm. by many businesses. As you know, we factor time and customers factor time into so many decisions these days, and yet I find a lot of businesses tend to analyze their customers to the nth degree when it comes to demographics and pricing and brand recognition, yet they tend to overlook time as a critical factor to decisions, even though we know that we tend to factor these in all the time. Hmm. You know, I, I find it hard-pressed to believe that, or to understand, not to believe, but to understand how a marketer today or how a corporate executive today, living in the same world as we all do here in North America, uh, would overlook how time-starved today's consumers are and yeah. the lifestyles that we all live in here in um, in North America. So I'm, I'm wanting to hear an example or two from you, Adrian, if I can, on maybe a company, and we can name names, that has overlooked time as a factor in customer decisions. Actually, it's more common than we think. If you can think about any business that wastes your time, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you could probably name a few, they're, they're, it's, it's out there. But let me give you a specific example. Uh, Blockbuster is a company, as you know, who's going into uh, potential bankruptcy uh, proceedings this month for reorganization. And they're suffering from what I call the blockbuster blind spot. And as you know, watching movies is considered valuable time, but what they overlooked was that most customers consider driving to the movie store as wasted time. And this opened the door for folks like Netflix and others with their movies on demand to redesign the way customers are served by eliminating that drive to the store, by eliminating the time and and servicing them in a different way. Well, so it's not that Blockbuster necessarily wasted our time. It's just the fact that because of new technology, because of new opportunities, they didn't see what was coming ahead and consequently couldn't respond to that as well. That's correct. But, but if they had thought about their offering in terms of what elements are considered valuable time, what elements are considered wasted time, mm-hmm. it would have become more evident. And you could have looked for opportunities to apply technology, for example, to the problem. Sure. There are instances when you can take your product and move it forward, as we're seeing in the movies on demand and and uh, reaching segments that way. There are also elements of just companies that just plain out waste 
people's time. And if you've ever had a five-hour customer service time window, <laughs> yeah. like I have, you can you can understand that. It's unfortunate that those companies just don't go away and vaporize very quickly. The uh, 24-hour customer, new rules for winning a time-starved, uh, always connected economy. And uh, the author of that is Adrian Ott out of Silicon Valley. We're so happy to have her on the show today. We're going to continue the conversation in just a minute on The Advertising Show. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Never borrow money, needlessly, just when you must borrow that Welcome back. Ray Shillins, Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show being powered by Shipple.com. It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. And it's a marketing uh, website company that really does one heck of a job with a platform called Tendency and a bunch of other cool stuff as well. So check it out. Uh, in the uh, shipple.com website, okay? You, you'll be surprised and amazed. You know, we talked before, Brad, about... Uh, by the way, our guest today is Adrian Ott, CEO of Exponential Edge. She's on the phone with us from uh, Silicon Valley, sitting with a glass of uh, Chardonnay, I think that looks like, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, or something <laughs> like that. Uh, can we have some, please? Uh, but anyway, you know, the, the talk about the companies before that you mentioned about the... Um, and Adrian mentioned about the the, uh, the service companies that mm-hmm. say, "Well, we'll be out there between sometime between right. noon and four. Right. Can well, you take off work? Yeah, right. Yeah. I got to tell you something. My my daughter had a dishwasher delivered. She ordered it that evening as the store was closing. This is at a Lowe's Home Improvement Warehouse. She um, they said, "Okay, we'll have it for you uh, tomorrow morning. We'll be able to set up delivery." Uh, and they lost the paperwork between the time they closed the store and the time they reopened the store. They said, "We're so sorry. We're going to uh, uh, write you up a new ticket, and we're and we'll, that that dishwasher they can't find it. So we're going to give you another dishwasher." And they they did. They said, "We'll be out there this evening," and they weren't there. And uh, so now round three is we're going to offer you a much more expensive dishwasher, and we're going to deliver it today, possibly. I'm not sure actually whether she got that or not, but isn't it silly how uh, these service companies and, and the product companies and the big box stores can can make such silly promises and screw up so much? That, that bothers me a lot. Yeah. Anyway, with that said, hello, Adrian. You're you're on the show too. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, and you know, on a positive note, before I'm going to share a story. We all tend to, Adrian, look at companies unlike a department store or a home improvement store. You look at a company like a, a cable. TV company. (laughs) And you think, well, okay, it's only one, and you're kind of screwed when it comes to being a customer and expecting anything. In my little community where I live and uh, the uh, cable provider, when you call in with an issue, and this seems like such a simple idea, and it really works, and I'm surprised others don't do this, you call in with an issue and you get a recording, I'm sorry, there's a five-minute wait uh, for a a person. (laughs) If you'd like for us to call you back, Simply hit one and leave us your phone number, and we'll call you back, uh, and so you don't have to wait on the phone. And you do that, and they call back, and it is the most polite group of people Damn, uh, that great. are representing this cable company. And it's like such a novel idea. Come on, I mean, uh, every cable company across America could be doing something like that. Good yeah, really. I mean, this is what you were talking about in terms of overlooking time uh, as a factor for customer, uh, in this case, customer relations. Yes, and it, and it actually, it's important, obviously, in customer service, and I think everybody's got a war story to tell, and in fact, one executive was telling me how uh, he punishes companies that waste his time. Hmm. 
really? effectively by walking away. And he, he told the story of a of a, a local takeout place that had, uh, or actually a delivery, ta- uh, 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 a Chinese delivery, and they put the wrong things in the wrong items in mm-hmm. his in his order, and that would take more time to go back and get it changed out and everything, and he said he never went back. Mm-hmm. So we do see these customer mm-hmm. service issues, but this goes far beyond customer service. I mean, as I gave you in the Blockbuster example, it's really starting to look ahead in terms of how do you design your products and services, how do you synchronize with your customers, and look at this from a holistic perspective from your business. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned in your book time wars that are emerging between companies like Facebook, Google, and Apple. Why don't you share what that concept's all about? Yeah, um, what's interesting is a lot of people think that, and if you look at traditional management analysis, you would say Facebook's in the social media business, and Google's in the search and apps business, and Apple's in the computing business. And so a traditional MBA or business school analysis would say they're different markets, but they're very much competitors because they're in a time war. And what I mean by that is uh, we're integrating products and services into um, experiences with platforms like Facebook and the iPhone, where these are comprehensive environments. And these platforms tend to be advertising-driven business models where time with the customer increases revenue. So every minute that's spent on Facebook is a minute that Google's not getting. And so these companies are very much competitors, and they're competing because they're all in ad-based driven business models. You know, and uh, your book, i got to tell you, I can't recommend it uh, enough. It has real-world examples uh, in the book, and you have uh, your two-minute takeaways at the end of every chapter. Uh, again, 24hourcustomer.com uh, is where you go to find out more about the book. I'm curious, uh, Adrian, how do you see time impacting the ways in which marketers and brand managers position their products uh, going forward? Well, one of the things that I think has been happening over the past two decades is that businesses are tending to get louder, and they're 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 trying to push the loud bus button. And this is really part of why I think a lot of people are so annoyed with the advertising industry right now is that we're in an attention arms race because there's so much information out there hitting us. I mean, if you if you run the numbers on how much data is out there, we're gonna have uh, there's going to be more data generated in the next four years than in the history of the planet. So people are just getting bombarded with information, and it has grown over the years. And, and a lot of businesses have just been pushing the loud, let's get louder button. And what needs to really happen here is that advertising and PR really needs to get in sync with the ebbs and flows of customer time and really pay attention to that going forward rather than just pushing the loud button all the time. You know, in the couple... I'm sorry, go ahead, Adrian. Oh, what I mean by that is um, we have times where we have time magnets, where we are just drawn to things. And those are times when we're very receptive to information and, and flows. And a good example of time magnet is how you can... Uh, surf the internet mm-hmm. and spend a lot of time sucked into the internet. 
And then we have other times when we don't want to spend time. And so really trying to understand how the offering synchronizes with those customer time sensibilities is really important. On the advertising show, the book is called The 24-Hour Customer, New Rules for Winning in a Time-Starved, Always Connected Economy. How true and how appropriate to, to come out at a time like this. The author is also CEO of Exponential Edge, and we gave the web address before, but it is, uh, again, 24-hour customer. That's the number, 24hourcustomer.com. Just go get the book, okay? Adrian Ott is, is our guest uh, name today. This is Ray and Brad here on the Advertising Show. More of the conversation? Absolutely. We'll do that in just a minute. Adrian Ott is our special guest here on the Advertising Show. She is CEO of Exponential Edge and uh, uh, obviously has done a lot of things in her life as well, including write a book. It's called The 24-Hour Customer, New Rules for Winning in a time Starve, Always Connected Economy. We always have fun with our guests prior to the show, uh, much like Letterman and Leno. We won't mention Conan. Because, you know, what the heck? Uh, But anyway, and uh, the guest will always ask her, for the most part, what kind of questions are you going to ask? Which we respond. Uh, Segment one will be true and false. Segment two will be um, uh, multiple choice. And segment three are are the essay questions, the toughest part as well. I guess we ask essay questions, don't we, Brad? Yeah. But uh, but here, uh, Adrian wanted a true false question. So, true or false? uh, True or false? George Lois is the guest on next week's uh, advertising show. <laughs> I'm going to say true. All right. There you go. You got it. Congratulations. Give her the, give her the T-shirt. I told you all those years of education, I, kind of guess. I know how to take tests. Yeah. Shoot, I should have asked another question. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Adrian. <laughs> yes, Adrian, uh, you mentioned something in your book that I thought was intriguing. You call the timeographics framework. I'd like for you, if you could, take us through your process. I've got a timeographics of, watch here. It's pretty cool. Too. Well, it, it's yeah. an interesting concept. I'd like for you, Adrian, take us through the uh, uh, how the, this particular process is helping a company to apply the timeographics framework and analysis to their strategy, starting with what you call evaluating the context and customer activity. Sure. Um, The timographics process is really a way for you to assess how the customer perceives your product or service relative to their preference or priorities for time. And so it's a a four-quadrant model, but effectively there are four key categories that I have. One is time magnets, and as I had mentioned in, uh, in the last um, in, on the last question before the break, uh, we have t- ebbs and flows to our time, and a time magnet is something where we want to spend more time. We have a high propensity to spend time and attention on it, and we want to do that. Uh, Farmville, which is a very popular game on Facebook oh, right now. Yes, it is. That is a time magnet or a hobby. This is where people just are drawn to wanting to spend time there. Most marketers love that because it gives you lots of monetization and advertising opportunities. But there's also uh, three other quadrants and ways that people will prioritize products and services. The second is uh, what I call a time saver, and those are things where we'll spend a little bit of attention. It's in saving time, and often those are convenience-oriented. Another 
is time minimized. Probably the bulk of products and services that we use today are in the time minimized. And the problem is a lot of marketers don't realize that their products are probably in that category with customers. And, and they're stuck there because mostly what the customer is going to look for in that case is just the price. They're going to look for the price, maybe a feature here, and move on. And then the last quadrant and the last area in looking at uh, the offering is what I call time on autopilot. And these are habits and routines and, and products that um, take time, but they, they, uh, we don't want to spend any conscious effort on it. A good example are banking services. We want our banking services or our telco services to work, but we really don't want to spend a lot of time and attention on it. Yeah, and you know, there was an article written, I guess, in the last few years about how particular uh, product categories are overwhelmed with uh, the number of products represented in those uh, categories and that it's actually working against uh, consumer purchase activity. I want to get your take on where you come down on this. The author was basically saying that uh, we need to declutter these various product categories to make it easier for consumers to make buying decisions because uh, they, they're overwhelmed, they're looking at it, and they're engaging with, you know, what do I want? Do I want this versus that? And as you well know, Adrian, 20, 30 years ago, you only had a handful of products represented in each particular category. Now a consumer is overwhelmed with selection. So do you think it, it actually can work against uh, uh, purchase activity and, and, and therefore less product sales? in that category because there's too much. Oh, absolutely. I think people, when they are overwhelmed, they don't make a decision. And if you can make it simple for your customer, if you can be in line with how they want to spend time with you and and you present the offer in a way that is in synchronization with, say, those four categories I discussed, because if it's time minimized, for example... You want to get that price in front of them. You may want to get the the five-star reviews because they're going to look for that very quickly, and they're going to be done. And if it takes them a lot more effort than that, they're not going to to spend the time. Whereas if it's in one of the other categories, they may look at it a little bit differently. They may be willing to put a little bit more into it, but not a lot. And is that why the Trader Joe's, of course, they have a great private label uh, line of products, but, you know, they're not a large store. I mean, the trend is uh, going away from uh, uh, Trader Joe's continues to grow in a successful operation. But I, uh, you tell me, Adrian, is there a trend to get away from the larger stores that have all the selection and get a little more focused on your, on your product offerings in the retail community? Well, I think it really depends on different customer preferences. I actually think the big box stores are doing well for uh, one set of reasons, and the reasons there are that the more categories that you have, it, it's a very, it's very time efficient for people to go into big box stores, and that's why they're doing so well. Is mm-hmm. people will go in and they'll say, "Okay, I need this," but then I'll get these other five things, and that's why you end up going in there to buy two things, and you end up with a cart load of things. A big cart load, right. A big cart load, maybe two cart loads if you're me, because I don't, I don't get in that often. But, but that, that, that is why the big box stores have done well. But the other, at the other extreme, the Trader Joe's, the smaller, are doing well too, because people want experiences. And we see numerous studies where people want the experiences. And I, I, I would put Trader Joe's at, at 
as and characterize them as one of those experience categories because you're going in there to explore and yeah. see what kind of interesting foods they have. Yeah, discovery is is the key there. I think it's just surprise and delight me with your product and and uh, and give me something incredibly healthy. They are on a much smaller scale than a, like a Whole Foods or something like that as well. And what a great experience as well. Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Uh, just making sure your products are wrapped into the right. Uh, experience, whether it's a big box store or the Trader Joe's small experience, is really important. And I've always enjoyed buying 13 gallons of pickles at one time. It's just <laughs> yeah, wonderful. well, we're still eating out of that last jar you got in yeah. the 60s. Boy, are they pickled now. Hey, yeah. Ad- Adrian, you have a wonderful book here. Thank you for uh, sharing your insight and uh, your, your expertise in this area. The 24-Hour Customer New Rules for Winning in a Time-Starved, Always-Connected Economy. You can go to 24hourcustomer.com to find out more. But most importantly, just go buy the book. Probably make a great Christmas gift or a holiday gift as, as well. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you, and Brad and Ray. Really enjoyed it. So we really are the click and clack, aren't we? You are. Yeah, that's what I figured. Okay. We can help you fix your car, too. It's not a big deal. Uh, on the advertising show, uh, Ray and Brad back in uh, just a moment with more. Stay right here. Adrian Ott, thank you very much for being a part of the advertising show. And thank you for listening to these Encore shows as well. We know that uh, it's possible that you've missed a show from time to time. Over the past decade, we have a lot of great guests that we want to showcase and kind of bring back uh, to the forefront and give you a chance and an opportunity to listen to them again here at the advertising show. The advertising show, by the way, is being powered by Shipple.com. That's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. Shipple and a uh, platform called Tendency is what powers the advertising show website and does a killer job at it. These guys here in Houston are absolutely great. Check it out. It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. Ed Shipple and his gang do a great job for us. We want to say thank you very much. The advertising show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at edage.com. The advertising show is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. And we'll talk to you again soon. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications. And it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com.